When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great time score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker, an absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Three NHL games tonight. They are just getting underway in Chicago with the Hawks hosting Nashville. Later on, the Avalanche take on the Flames and the Senators will play the Ducks. The Edmonton Oilers are back at it tomorrow. Start of a three-game homestand. Six of their next seven at Rogers Place. They will be taking on the Florida Panthers. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 7. There are two teams in the NHL who are exactly 500 when it comes to points percentage. They are Florida and Edmonton who will take on each other tomorrow night. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 6.06. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30, Chad. As we uh, get you ready for this Oilers homestand, we are going to have tonight at 7.30, coming out of the 7.30 news, I know I tweeted this out earlier, and I, or, or I've had a couple people hear about it and ask me to confirm the time. Ian Mitchell will be on the show after the 7.30 news. Ian is the uh, defenseman for Denver University from Callahoo, Alberta, who played for Canada at the World Junior Tournament in Vancouver. He actually scored Canada's only goal in their game against Finland that turned into that tough overtime loss. So he is going to join us after the 7.30 news tonight. That'll be fun. And our old buddy Randy Moeller is going to be on the show in about half an hour. He's uh, the Red Deer native doing play-by-play for the Florida Panthers, longtime defenseman in the National Hockey League. And uh, this is uh, a critical juncture of the season for both teams. Now the Panthers are much further out of a playoff spot because the uh, cut line in the uh, east is a whole lot higher than it is in the west, but uh, they're winless in their last three. They've been giving up a lot of goals. They've been falling behind early in games. Sound familiar? So he'll give us that storyline heading into tomorrow's matchup. This, uh, I, you know, I said it going into the month, and, and I stick by it, and it, it's kind of shaping up that way. I think this is probably going to be a season defining month for the Edmonton Oilers. They are 2-2 two and two in January. Okay, all four games on the road. Clearly, two of the games were incredibly disappointing for different reasons, I think. Um, but nonetheless, okay, you go 2-2 two and two on the road. You get half your points. Most of the time, you'll take that. All right, let's just, for argument's sake, take it. Now you have 6 of 7 on home ice, where, by the way, 
After winning your first six home games under Ken Hitchcock, the Oilers have now lost five straight at home. They got wiped out on the Christmas homestand. They had a couple games before Christmas and three after. Didn't get a single point. Went 0-5. So now you're coming back home. Here's what's happening the rest of the month for the Oilers, and this is why I think it's so critical. Well, a couple of reasons why I think it's so critical. I think we have now seen... If you look at recent games against San Jose, Winnipeg, and Tampa Bay, the chances of the Oilers actually going out and beating a team that is in the top, what, seven or eight in the NHL? Very slim. Like, very, very slim. I mean, if hypothetically, if right now you said, okay, the Oilers have to play a best-of-seven series against the San Jose Sharks... What's best case scenario? Well, in my mind, it's San Jose in five. And likely scenario is San Jose in four. Same with Winnipeg. Same with Tampa Bay. So against those teams, and we'll talk about why, but right now the Oilers simply cannot keep up. They are not good enough. They do not have a good enough roster and or they have too many players who aren't performing to expectations. All right, so that's why when I look at the next seven games, with six of them being at home, I see, all right, here's some opportunity where maybe you can actually get some points because with a couple of exceptions, the Oilers are not playing high-end teams in the NHL. Again, with a couple of exceptions. We'll talk about it looking at the schedule. I already mentioned this. I went by points percentage for these rankings rather than by points because of games played. The actual points can always indicate where a team is. So you have Florida tomorrow. Like the Oilers, they are 500 tied for the 20th best points percentage in the National Hockey League. All right, maybe that's a team the Oilers can beat. Saturday, the Oilers play Arizona, who they were able to beat last week. Arizona is at 464 for percentage. That's 25th in the NHL. They're actually behind Edmonton. Buffalo, one of the tougher opponents in this stretch. They're playing 605 hockey. That's 13th best in the National Hockey League. Maybe Jack Eichel is out for that game. We'll see. That's going to be... Hypothetically, a tougher matchup. Vancouver, uh, 489 points percentage. This is one of those scenarios. Uh, they actually have more points than the Oilers, but in terms of percentage, they're behind them, ranked just behind them at 22nd. Now, the problem there is the Oilers have not been able to figure out the Vancouver Canucks for the last year and a half since Travis Green took over as head coach. But, okay, it's another team lower down in the standings. Calgary, if you go by, if you, if you go by recent results and trends... And you're going to hate hearing this, and I know the Oilers beat them earlier this season, one nothing. If you go by trends, the Oilers do not stand a chance against the Flames on January 19th because the Flames are fifth in the NHL with a 659 points percentage. Given by what we've seen, how the Oilers have been able to perform against other teams near the top of the standings, that's that's like an extremely low probability of the Oilers winning that game. January 20th is Carolina. They're 17th little ahead of the Oilers. And then you got Detroit, who Edmonton beat earlier this year. They're 27th in the league in percentage, 433. So they're tougher. So you got uh, two teams significantly ahead of the Oilers, one barely ahead of the Oilers, and the other four tied or lower. If you cannot bank points in this section of the season, you're done. Like, you're, you're, we're going to be going into February. I mean, they won't be mathematically out of it for a while. But if, if they go, like, 2-5 and five in this stretch, forget about it. Like, it's, it's over. Because then you're going to have to come out of the break and win 10 of 13 or something like that. And 
they just aren't good enough to do that the way they're playing right now. So th- this is why I think this is so critical. You have some teams that are like the Oilers, mediocre or troubled, and if you can't like, if you can't at least get points against shoddy teams, well, forget about it because we, as we've seen, the Oilers ain't getting the points against the good teams or very seldom. Regulation losses, bad beatings twice in the last week and a half at the hands of San Jose. Sure, hung in there against Winnipeg, but ultimately got nothing out of the game. Uh, sort of hung around with Tampa Bay for half the game, but ultimately got relatively easily pushed aside. Those are some of the top teams in the NHL. So if you're going to play Florida, Arizona, Vancouver, Carolina, Detroit in five of your next seven, you better get something in the bank there. And this is the other thing that the Oilers are extremely lucky about is that they got the low, it's all point projections, but you got the playoff cut line probably in the high 80s, maybe low 90s for the second wild card right now. Whereas Florida sitting there at 500 in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, they're 10 points out. So they're pretty much all, already in also ran territory. So if the Oilers are going to do something, keep themselves alive somehow, cleft bomb or not, depth scoring or not, whatever, figure out some way to do it, this is the seven-game stretch where they have to make it happen. Your feedback, of course, is welcome. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. There's a lot of talk about the Oilers preventing goals, and I don't want to... I'm not brushing that aside because that that's a clear problem. Uh, they they do miss Clefbaum. It, it's too bad they've dropped off to this extent without the guy. 17-12-2 with Clefbaum in the lineup. 3-8-1 without him. They basically allow an extra goal per game against since he's been out of the lineup. But wouldn't it be nice, everybody? Wouldn't it be nice to take a little pressure off the defense if they could actually forecheck? How many times compared to opposition teams do the Oilers actually spend three, four, five shifts in the other team's end? We already know the Oilers can't score. We already know the Oilers can't score. So I think we're going to have to live with that. But wouldn't it be nice to spend a few shifts in the other team's end? Get on the grind, as Ken Hitchcock likes to say. They've been unable to do that. Not effective getting the puck in. They aren't able to win puck battles, aren't able to get the pucks first when they get in the O-zone, and it comes back the other way. You know, right now, I I realize the Oilers have struggles defensively. I think Caleb Jones has had some really up-and-down moments. There's been times he's looked a little more like a rookie, though I give him credit for some things he's done. They have some other depth guys who in a perfect world wouldn't be playing as much as as they are now. I get all that. But right now... Um, they're the football team that you say the defense can't stop anybody, but the offense never gets a first down. So the defense is on the field the entire game. So problems in a lot of areas now for the Oilers, and especially against the higher-end teams. As we've seen when they when they play some of the mediocre or poor teams, well, sometimes McDavid, Dreisaitl, and or Nugent Hopkins can 
do enough in those games to get you the win because they, they can overwhelm some of the weaker defensemen on these other teams. But it is it is really starting to stretch out now the gap between the Oilers and the higher-end teams. That's pretty frustrating. All right, we'll get to your phone calls in a second here. we got Elvis uh, hanging on the line. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24 24- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seven Furnace Repair and Replacement Specialists. Call 7804-FAMILY or check them out online at FurnaceFamily.com. We're back after the break. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Tuning in tonight at 6.19. So tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30. Chet, we are going to have Ian Mitchell from the Canadian World Junior Team coming up at 7.30 tonight from good old Callahoo, Alberta. Small town kid, just like me, and I'm sure many of you. I'm going to ask him what uh, who was Callahoo's rival in minor hockey. I'm eager to find out about that. 780-496-0063. Elvis is on the line. Go ahead, Elvis. Hey, Reed. I was uh, I was listening to you uh, uh, last night when you uh, you were talking uh, talking about the Oilers and that with Kelly Rudy and all that other stuff. And I I watched uh, hometown hockey on TV, and then I took a burn by. It was pretty cool to see it in Strathcona County in Sherwood Park. Cool. The biggest the biggest thing for me is Craig Matavish was up there talking about you know like I thought all of those guys. No, no longer had roles when it comes to the hockey teams, but apparently I'm naive. No, McTavish. Uh, no, McTavish does. Yeah. Okay. I I don't I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm talking through my shoe or something here, but I I really really believe I agree with you. If they don't make hay on this on this homestand here, they, they can they can kiss the season goodbye. But I would definitely like I would I don't know if do you think Hitchcock will be back next year? What's your opinion on that? I'm not. I'm not sure, Elvis, and I, I hate. I hate to waffle, but I, I think it's going to depend who the GM is, how the rest of the season goes, and what the players have to say about Hitch when they do their exit interviews with with whoever. Uh, I mean, Hitch is. I mean, you've heard Rob talk about him. You've heard Hitch himself in interviews. He likes hockey and he likes history. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what he's all about, right? He's. Right. He, he lives and breathes hockey. He loves coaching. I, I think if you asked Hitch right now, he'd probably say, "Yeah, he'd like to. He'd like to keep coaching the team." Yeah, I just, th- I just think like I, I've, I've got, I've got no problems well, with with Hitch and stuff like that. I just think that we've created a culture here where we've got, a, we've got a a, a a losing culture for whatever reason. We had one year, and yep. I've said this before. It's like, you know what? Like, I mean. Uh, there's nothing better in the world, Reed, and I'm saying this, than than being at your being at a golf course after a round of golf, uh, watching your hockey team in the playoffs in April. And I haven't been able to do that anywhere near enough. 
and I just like I I'm I want to I want to like I'm just hoping that like I just don't want this team. They just seem to keep on. It seems like it's one step forward and two steps back. I just don't get it. I like I, like I told you the other night. I'm such an Oilers fan. I listen I listen all the time to your guys' show and. But everybody's just beating the crap out of them, saying they're terrible, they're this, they're that, and you know what? It's 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 deflating after a while. And I want to cheer so much for this team, but it's it's so hard. Like I always cheer for the Oilers. Don't get me wrong, but it's so hard, especially when you look around the success at the league and what the guys down south have done. I don't. I just think our management thing. There's something messed up with us. Well, I'll tell you what, Elvis. And thanks all for calling. I'm going to click you on hold. Uh, I, I hate to sound a little sarcastic here. It, it, it is it is actually fairly difficult to build an elite, ultra competitive team in the NHL, like where you can compete for the Stanley Cup for several years in a row, like Tampa Bay is is doing. That that is very difficult, but it's not impossible. And the Oilers have made it seem impossible. We have Brian on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, Reed. I think right now, the one thing about the, the first half of the season, the Oilers have proven to the NHL they're the most constantly or consistent, consistently inconsistent team in the league. Now, having said that, you know, they've had a few injuries, granted. I mean, look at Anaheim. They've got, what, over 300 man games uh, that they've lost, and yep. it hasn't seemed to hurt them that much. Yeah, good point. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm still confident. It's just the first half of the season. Second half of the season, McDavid always does way. He goes on a tear after the All-Star break. Hopefully, being an All-Star, Dreisaitl, will catch some of that fever, too. We're going to get Clefbaum back. I think they're going to become one of the hotter teams in the second half, and they're going to make the playoffs still. Yeah, I hope you're right, Brian. And I, I think in terms of this individual season, uh, there are reasons to be disappointed, but I, I mean they're hanging around. I, the, the difficulty in, in Edmonton is we, we've seen this for a long time. High draft picks, not a lot around them, and games where you go into San Jose and you're completely outclassed and holes in the lineup and questionable decisions by managers. So unfortunately, we're having a lot of the same conversations we had five, six, seven, eight years ago. I'll, I'll, I'll grant Brian his point, though. In terms of this individual season, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not quite 50-50 in favor of the Oilers making the playoffs. If you look at the, the amount of games played and the points, you'd probably give Minnesota the edge. Um, but there, there are some reasons where you would think, okay, yeah, sure, if they stay healthy, if, if McDavid goes on a tear, they take advantage of teams that they should be able to fare well against. Absolutely. In this individual season, that's all fair. But you know, as we've discussed a lot, um, you know, what are, what are we at now? I'm, I'm losing count. They lost, they missed the playoffs ten years in a row. They made the playoffs last year. They, so, one of the last twelve years, they've had a good team. Because a lot of the years they missed the playoffs, it wasn't like this year where we were going into the middle of January with them hovering around a playoff spot. It was already decided that they were going to be out. So, one one thing I'm hearing too. Remember. Uh, I don't know, when did he get hired? November 20th, Kellen? But a week into Ken Hitchcock's tenure. Right. I had a little fun on a segment of the show. I called it the Happy Hitch Hour. 
and I played all those clips where he was saying positive things and, and pumping up players and saying how he likes this guy, he likes this guy. Just fade that out for a sec, Kellen, because this is going to just take a minute here. Uh, happy Hitch now sounding uh, not quite so happy. If you listen to this from last night's game. When your best players are minus, you're, you're going to have a tough time winning games. And so I don't know how many of them were fluky. We looked at them. There was three or four fluky ones, but still... They were attacking our net. They, this is two games in a row where they've just owned, they've owned the red zone in our zone. They've owned the front of the net. They've owned the slot. They've, they've won. They've knocked us right out of the box. They're a damn good team. They, they, they're a team that's really on the move right now. They're a damn good team, and they've, they've owned, they've owned what I call critical ice against us in two, the last two games. We, we had our say in. A, First game I came here, but the last two games they've really owned us in the in the what I call the prime primary is to score or defend it, and then just as good as we had lots of chances ourselves today, but they they got stick on puck or they got deflected or they got stopped in their critical ice. So they were in the areas that you score in in both ends of the rink, they were much better in these two games. All right, a little bit from Hitch after they got bombed last night in San Jose. The Oilers, uh, again, play a team tomorrow with a lot of struggles of their own. Randy Moeller from the Panthers broadcast booth. We'll go into those when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. You asked me to be your savior. Nashville leads Chicago 1-0, six and a half minutes left in the first period. The other two games in the NHL tonight have yet to begin. The Avalanche visit Calgary, and the Ducks will host the Senators. Oilers in action tomorrow against the Florida Panthers. They flew back from San Jose today, so no practice. Uh, I know there has been some uh, Twitter reports that perhaps Alex Petrovich will need to miss a week after taking that uh, hit last night against the Sharks. I certainly don't expect him to play tomorrow, but we'll get more information on that at practice at the uh, morning skate tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Some texts here. I want to catch up to the 630-630. Thanks for writing in tonight. A uh, user by the name of True Euler Fan writes in, says, I do not believe the Oilers are able to create chemistry when you continually are experimenting with lines. I realize they are professionals and get paid a lot of dough, but we all know players have to click. Secondly, the Oilers have a horrible problem of turning the puck over to the opposition too often and too quickly. Last night's game against San Jose was a classic example that was hard watching. That's a text from True Oiler fan. Jamie in Red Deer says, Hey, Reed, what's frustrating is with Clefbaum out, there is no D-man who can help the forwards produce offense. This is a huge hole and keeps being ignored. You need a five-man attack, not three. That is from Jamie in Red Deer. Andrew writes in and simply says, Go Oilers! And this texter says, The Oilers have been worse in years past. It's social media that makes it worse. People are awfully brave when they don't have to actually play or run a team. And James, who is the wannabe Gene Principe, says, Hey, Reed, so are you saying that the team and the coach are becoming unhitched? Ooh, James is getting good. We might have to try to arrange a meeting between James and Gene Principe. I'm sure we could make that happen. Maybe meet for coffee at the Italian Center? What do you think, Kellen? It's doable, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Maybe, uh, I don't know. Or if James is from a small town, we take a caravan out there with Gene. Maybe he does an autograph signing. Maybe, what if, could Gene Principe do, uh, like, what do you, like, a, like seminars on puns? He could do a puninar. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've, I've never seen you look so disinterested, Kellen. <laughs> You're just like, what's going on? All right. Thank you for texting 630-630. You're always welcome to do so. Oilers and Panthers. Tomorrow night, our old buddy Randy Moeller from the Panthers broadcast booth. Randy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, very good. It's always great to come back to Alberta. No mosquitoes here today, so that's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> that's a win for sure. Well, you know, Randy, I always uh, you're on the, this this show, uh, you know, a, a few times a year, obviously, and I always struggle with how to introduce you because everybody knows you're a Panthers broadcaster. Everybody knows you played uh, over 800 games in the NHL. Everybody knows you're from Red Deer. So today, I introduce you as former member of the Billings Bighorns, Randy Moeller. How does that sound? Oh, boy, it, it didn't take me very long to ruin that franchise. Oh, jeez. No, come on. That's, that's, you're not being fair to yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was short-lived. They only played a few games there and then got traded to Lethbridge and played with the Sutter brothers. John Chapman was the coach, was able to play with my brother there, Mike, and, uh, in Lethbridge and Ken Riggett, and uh, it goes on and on, you know. So it was, uh, it was a great time. But, yeah, Billings. I wasn't there very long, and that was uh, kind of short-lived. They're, they're staying in the Western Hockey League. Well, I, 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 I have to scour the Internet for that one, and, and there's not even an agreement on the Internet how many games you played there. Some sites have two, some sites played three. But <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're right, it wasn't very many. So there's the, there's the Randy Moeller trivia for today that uh, people can wow their friends with at, at, uh, at work tomorrow morning. Hey, great to have you on the show again. Uh, obviously, uh, a game coming up tomorrow between the Panthers and the Oilers. Neither team, obviously, where they want to be record-wise or standings-wise, so we'll see how the rest of the second half uh, treats them. For, for the Panthers, I know they're coming off a, a, a tough loss. The, the last few games haven't gone great. Give, give me a sense just generally of, of where the team is, is at and what's maybe held them back from being a little higher in the standings. Well, the first uh, five, ten minutes of a hockey game. Uh, the Panthers now... After last night, they were down 2 nothing in Pittsburgh in the first three minutes. And for seven, that's seven consecutive games that the Panthers have given up the opening goal. And most of those goals have come in either the first, second, or the third shift. So, and as you know, in this league, it's very difficult to play uh, from behind. You have to change your strategy, and you have to start chasing the game, and you can't manage the game. And that's, that's been the Achilles heel for the Florida Panthers lately, when they have not played well, is they're giving up that early goal. Saying that, their special teams have uh, have kept them afloat. They're you know top three in the power play. Their penalty killing has been very good lately as well. They uh, whoop and uh, and that. Um, so it was uh, you know the, the the special teams are are um, are what's carrying this hockey club right now. They're not scoring a whole lot of goals. Uh, five on five and, and that, but um, you know, that, that's got to improve. And, and, of course, the start of the game's have to improve as well. Their goaltending, James Reimer has been 3 he's three zero and one in his last four starts. Uh, Roberto Luongo has struggled. He's been pulled three of the last six games, and he has struggled lately, and his save percentage has gone down. So 
if you add a little bit of the goaltending, a little bit of non-production on five-on-five, and those early giving up those early goals early in the game, that's been uh, the problem for the Florida Panthers trying to get a win streak going. Well, the first 10 minutes are going to be really interesting tomorrow, Randy, because the Oilers haven't started games well lately either. Even when they, they shut out Anaheim, they needed Talbot to make three or four big saves in the first six minutes, and, and then eventually they got it going. So it's going to be interesting. Two teams with uh, with a similar problem facing off tomorrow night. Hey, we don't know if Alexander Petrovich is going to be able to go tomorrow for the Oilers against the Panthers. He came over in a trade a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, he took a, took a hard hit last night. Uh, tell me a little bit about about what the journey was like for him in Florida this season. Um, you know, I know uh, from talking to other people, they, they thought he maybe played his best hockey when, when Gallant was the head coach there and uh, hadn't been able to find his way into the lineup every night this year. Tell, tell me a little bit about his season and, and maybe why the Panthers have ultimately made him available to Edmonton. Well, you know, I, I think uh, with, uh, with uh, Alex, it, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit of uh, what has gone wrong with the Florida Panthers? Uh, inconsistent play. I think he'd be the first to admit that. I mean, he's a physical, uh, right-handed shooting defenseman. Those guys don't fall out of trees. Every team always seems to be looking for one. Uh, but you know, consistent. He just. Uh, I think of his consistency, playing. You know, have one good game, have uh, kind of a poor game follow-up. Uh, that was kind of the problem. I think, you know, he kind of fell out of favor of the coaching staff. But once you lose your, the confidence in your coaching staff, then, uh, then, then that's a struggle as well. I think, I, I, think, uh, I think he still has the potential to be a top four, top five defense in the National Hockey League. Um, but I, I, I know that, that he was not happy with his limited playing time being sat out for stretches. No professional athlete wants to do that. And so uh, maybe it was, it was the best. You hope that it's the best for, for both teams. The Panthers got a third-round pick back for him. Uh, Weidman was waived the other day. He's down in the minors but um, that they picked up as well. But you just hope that it works out for both teams. Randy Moeller joining us on Inside Sports, Florida Panthers play-by-play voice. He joins us every time the Oilers play the Panthers here on 630 Chet. Talking about maybe some of the similarities between these two teams. I mean, similar records. You, you mentioned poor starts. The Oilers have had those. And one of the stories for the Oilers, Randy, has been they, they have you know three or four guys that have been pretty good offensively. The big three, as we call them. And Alex Chason has, has kept scoring. And I look at the, the Panthers, and they have you know some guys with some pretty decent points and goal totals. And then you kind of get down to, to five, six, seventh leading scorers. And... Kind of like Edmonton, there's there's a pretty significant drop-off. If the Panthers are going to stay alive and maybe make a charge, who are some secondary guys that you might look at and say, okay, they haven't done it so far, but they have in the past, so they, they need to step up and get it going here in the final three months? Well, they've, they've got a couple of young guys that are playing center, and uh, Henrik Borgstrom, who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, they called him up uh, 12, 12 games ago from the minors. He they wanted them to start in the American Hockey League. Very talented uh, forward uh, for the Florida Panthers at center ice. I think he's going to be a star in the league. He's just finding his way. Very talented, but he's still growing physically, mentally, and it's going to take him a little bit of time. Same thing with uh, Jared McCann. I think a lot of people out here know at his time, a brief time in Vancouver, high draft pick. He's playing the center ice position as well. 
and, uh, and, and, and they, they, they hope that he has a lot of upside. Uh, Frank Vetrano has got 10, 11 goals for the Florida Panthers. He's one of those straight-line players, works hard, and uh, he's got great, uh, great speed skating. And they're hoping that he can, he can blossom. And then they, you know, they got Dennis Mulgan and, and uh, a few of these other players. Are, they're, they've got some players, depth players down in the minors that are young players that, you know, they qualified for the World Junior Championships. And, and Owen Tippett uh, was, was one of the stars for Canada. They're hoping that he's going to be there in the future and that. But right now, I agree with you. It, 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 it's tough because after. Barkov, Huberdeau, Dadnoff, uh, and Hoffman. The four; those are the big four up front, a lot like the Oilers. And then there is a, there is a drop off, and that is a concern. Like I said, the five on five scoring. If you don't have the the, uh, the the supplementing scoring from your second, third, and fourth lines, it's very tough to win in the league unless your unless your special teams are uh, you know off the charts. And then that's been what's been carrying the Panthers when they win. It's been their special teams. It's been their power play. Mike Hoffman's got 20 goals, 10 of them on the power play. Dadnoff, and you'll see tomorrow night, Alexander Barkov, in my opinion, the best two-way forward in the National Hockey League. He should, it should be a landslide that he wins the Selfie Trophy. He leads the NHL in takeaways. Um, he's up there in top five in face-offs. He takes all the important draws, plays 25 minutes a game. He not only supplies the offense at number one line, but he's up against the top line. He'll play against Connor McDavid head to head tomorrow night, and uh, most nights he can he can not only uh, neutralize the top centerman, but also supply the offense. So that should be a great matchup. I'm looking for that tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I enjoy watching Barkov play for sure. Randy, I'll, I'll throw one more at you, and, and we'll go back to your your playing career. But a more serious question than my for first one about the Billings Bighorns, you know. Oilers and Panthers, so they're, they're going through tough stretches. I'm sure there's the feeling in both locker rooms they, they should be doing better than they've been doing. When you as an individual or as a teammate went through that in your career, what were some things you tried to do to get yourself or your team back on track? It obviously can be a tough rut to get out of sometimes, but you know the better teams usually get out of it quicker than the poorer teams. Well, I, I think... You know, from my playing career and then now broadcasting, and, and I'll use the Panthers this year as an example, <laughs> excuse me, is you got to simplify your game. Uh, so many times, and I know, I, I'm sure you can say it about the Oilers, where it, it, it's self-inflicted. Those crazy cross-ice passes coming out of your own zone, the dipsy-doodle at the offensive blue line, turn the puck over, and then the other team counterattacks and with a transition. When the Panthers are winning and playing a strong game, they keep it simple. They cut down on their mistakes. They don't uh, do those crazy turnovers and cough up the puck and allow teams to score off the rush. It's as simple as that. It, it really is. And if you're if you're committed to it, it's not the most uh, entertaining hockey. A lot of times, the best option is just chip and chip and chase and and stretch passes and get the puck in deep and try and establish a forecheck. I think every team goes through that. Whether when they're struggling, when teams are struggling, it doesn't matter if it's Pittsburgh, doesn't matter if it's the Panthers or the Oilers. You look at those tapes and you watch the games. And a lot of times, when they're not winning, a lot of the, the reasons why is self-inflicted mistakes, and uh, and that can be corrected just by making smart, uh, legitimate passes and, and short passes and puck management. It's as simple as that. All right. Well. 
Randy, look forward to seeing you at the morning skate. It's always great to have you on the show, buddy. Appreciate your time. I look forward to uh, tomorrow with, against the Oilers, and it's always a pleasure to come back to Alberta. And uh, keep the faith, everybody. Edmonton's got a good young team. they just got to find their way, and hopefully they will sooner than later. All right. Thanks a lot, Randy. Thanks for checking in. That is Randy Moeller, Red Deer native, play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, longtime defenseman in the National Hockey League. This is going to be interesting tomorrow. Some of the things he was saying, if, if you had just tuned in, you might have thought he was talking about the Oilers. He's t- actually talking about the Florida Panthers. Too many self-inflicted wounds, too many turnovers, falling behind in games, up and down goaltending. Uh, this applies to both teams, uh, and they're, they're both sitting there at 500 as they get set for their matchup tomorrow night. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. 648. Uh, Peter's uh, been on hold. He called in during that interview. We will get his thoughts for you when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight at 6.52. 7.30 tonight, Ian Mitchell, defenseman for the Canadian World Junior Team, now back with the University of Denver. He is from Callahoo, Alberta. Hopefully everybody in Callahoo will be listening tonight. I expect it from you, Callahoo. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Peter on the line. Hey, Peter. Evening, Reed. Uh, I really enjoy your show. I'm listening to you north of White Court right now. Uh, um, I'm going to preface uh, what I'm going to say here. I was a season ticket holder from 1980 till the beginning of this season, so I uh, think I have a right uh, to my feelings. Uh, which I would anyways, but um, you had a fellow by the name of Scott, I think, after the game uh, on Saturday night. I just listened to the last five minutes because I basically personally weaned myself off. I I refuse to watch it. It, It's too uh, upsetting to me. And um, he said a lot of the things that I felt. uh, You know, he was such a great great fan. Jerseys, I mean, I got jerseys hanging in my, my closet and uh, I'm just so sick and tired. I don't know whether it's the DNA of the Oilers, uh, whether you you get injected with Oilers DNA whenever you come over. Uh, I just don't believe in, in what the Oilers do. Uh, Cole Harvey shouldn't be up here. There's so many players that they're they're always pressuring them to they, they should be here, they should be here. Well, they shouldn't be here. They, they should earn their way into the NHL. And... Uh, He's not the only guy, and, and uh, I've said for the last month that uh, I hope they fire the Chirelli because uh, they can't let him have the the, the reins of uh, of power because he's gonna he's gonna wreck the team more than he's already wrecked it. Oh my God! I just <laughs> it's okay, Peter. I'm I, here for you. Yeah, yeah. I should say. <laughs> Thanks. I needed those comforting words. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. For, I, I appreciate that you, you you listen to our broadcast, even though you're not really uh, watching the games anymore. I, I know there's a lot of people who who feel like you. Um, I mean, it's one thing to have. I, I do believe, you know, sports fans can be irrational. We know that. But usually once the game ends, the rationality comes back. Uh, nobody, nobody expects to have a great team every single season. But like I was saying earlier, the, the problem in Edmonton is usually at this time of the year, the season's already been over. Over the years that I had my season tickets, I went through a spell of unemployment and I still found a way to renew my, although that was a long time ago, renew my season tickets. And uh, But over the last 12 or 13 years, there's been a number of years where during the season, I I basically gave the tickets to my son and, and said, you go, I just, I can't stand the hockey anymore. And I, we've got Connor McDavid and we're still, I, I don't know, we're on another rebuild again. I mean, how many rebuilds can, can a team have? We've got the best player in the world. And uh, we're we're if we're not if we're not any worse, we're certainly not any better now than we were at the beginning of the season. And I I don't know. Well, yeah. you, you get my point. I I just Peter, I'm did you up. I, did you ever yeah. share this with anybody? Well, with the franchise or any you know a, a account some or something that was running your ticket account or anything like that. I have. Yes, I have. I've, I've definitely. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you did that. First of all, you're welcome yeah. to tell me, but I'm glad you did that. Yeah, and uh, hey, I, I really love your show from from uh, six to eight every day. I I listen to you, and uh, but I uh, I refuse to listen to the Oilers anymore. It's just too aggravating for me. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. That's okay, Peter. Hey, I hope you enjoy the second hour. Uh, I mentioned we got Ian Mitchell coming up from Callahoo. And uh, we got Chad Rempel coming up, who is originally from Sherwood Park, and he's been in the CFL since 2004. If you've heard him before, he's a pretty entertaining guy. So I hope you stick around. You bet. Thanks, right. Audrey. That is a very honest call from Peter, and that is much appreciated. The 780-496-0063. We will have, Peter won't be tuning in, maybe you will. We will have the Oilers game tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show game at 7 against the Florida Panthers. And it is now 2-1 for Nashville leading Chicago after the first period. Uh, Flames against the Avalanche is coming up at 7.30. We are coming back after the 7 o'clock news. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.